1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. Hold
0: on to your butt. Come on, sucker. Let's get it on. Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? I do not entertain hypotheticals.
1: The world as it is is vexing enough.
0: You don't know anybody named Irish. I don't know nobody named Irish. Can
1: I have a piece of toast? I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. How could you do this to me?
0: Really, I want to know. Why did you do that?
1: What you feel only matters to you.
0: Step back for one minute and look at the big picture.
1: And that's all. No, no, not for the real fire.
0: The office bombed a family that very few can understand. Help me! Help you! <laughs> I don't do drugs.
1: Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris.
0: What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host Iris and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley. Today we're talking about a Max Original Film, Class Action Park. Wes, you had suggested we watch this movie and it had something to do with Dick House. <laughs>
1: Well, the Jackass guys did Action Point, which was loosely based on Action Park. Uh, Johnny Knoxville played a different character. I don't think he was based or even named. This certainly wasn't Mulvihill. And uh, it was just an excuse for them to take over and abandon theme park and set up scenarios where he would hurt himself voluntarily. Apparently, he got more hurt on that movie than any of the Jackass movies. Like, he had uh, two orbital fractures, uh, I think, on the same eye. And his eye popped out twice, lost some teeth. Broke some bones, dislocated stuff. Pretty messy.
0: Did you say his eye got popped out?
1: Yep, he fractured his his orbital bone, so that he wouldn't hold his eyeball in.
0: that's just messed up.
1: And he had to wear like wear like a thing and you know like a cover over his eye and he couldn't like <laughs> sneeze. Is or that cough. like when
0: is that like in the cartoons when it's hanging by like a little nerve?
1: I think so. It makes my eyes water to think about it and so I didn't <laughs> do a lot of research on that. As multiple people said, I think class action <laughs> action park wouldn't be possible today and I agree.
0: I think that is the question. It seems like the filmmakers have an awful lot of fun with the fact that Class Action Park... (laughs) It's it's hard, right? Yeah. (laughs) With the idea that Action Park was kind of so unregulated, right? And that it was ruled by kids who had summer jobs, yes, but also who partied and who, you know, hung out and smoked weed and had sex in the employee shack and basically just had kind of a wild summer. But it kind of seemed like the filmmakers had a little bit too much fun glorifying the action at Action Park.
1: You think they had too much fun?
0: I think that they thought it was fun and they thought it was funny. And if they had a point of view on how kind of truly dangerous, it wasn't like it was wrong. It was just dangerous and unregulated. And it seemed like they had more fun with it than they were conscious about it.
1: So this is not the Jackass movie, But I guarantee anybody who did see uh, Action Point, the Jackass movie, would see this as well because they're looking for a certain thing. And that thing is not the death of George What's-His-Name. Sorry, no, no disrespect. It is the fun and the legendary time in the 80s in Vernon, New Jersey of Action Park, a place which existed and is never to be seen again.
0: Well, we had no shortage of water parks in our area growing up. We had not Soak City, although I think that came a little bit after our time. It did.
1: But we did have Castle Park.
0: Malibu Castle Park, Raging Waters, which was where?
1: San Dimas and Wild Rivers at Irvine Meadows.
0: So we had all of these places, and we frequented all of these places. Probably none more than Malibu Castle Park. But Malibu Castle Park had a lot of the same features, right? You'd get the chopped meat feet running around all day on the hot (laughs) turf and it had that one crazy slide that was straight down which I I don't think I ever got fig, what do you call it? Fig pucker?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was Lane Staley from Alice in Chains
0: It was? Yeah He said he got a a puckered fig Yep And, you know, and you carried your mat upstairs and you jumped down tubes and you definitely, you went ways that you weren't supposed to go. You went face forward when you were supposed to go feet first and whatever. Like, how was that different than Action Park? Or was it the Jersey vibe? I do
1: remember being hurt on those slides. I remember coming away with that buzzy feeling in my skin because it was uh, abrading on concrete all day long uh, on my sunburn. And then I do have a vivid memory of being in the in the kiddie pool and a fully formed, perfectly intact turd floating by me. And I said, this is now the time to get out of the pool. (laughs) You know, so there are rules and regulations and we saw the tightening of those rules. Ultimately, the closing of the water park and the eviscerating of our childhood when Malibu Park closed. I guarantee you if I had been in Vernon, New Jersey or anywhere within driving distance when I got to the age, I definitely would have been at action park.
0: Yeah, I think we both would have. I mean, we were allowed to be independent. I mean, I clearly remember being dropped off at those parks and picked up at the end of the day. And it was basically me just running around trying to keep up with you. I remember long days being exhausted and dehydrated and sunburnt as the sun went down, getting our stuff together so we can go meet mom in the parking lot. Yep. What I'm saying is, this is this was our generation, right? We did this. We just did it on the other end of the country. And I think that this movie, because of that, this movie really did conjure up a lot of nostalgia for me like i was i was very nostalgic for those days when we just it's i'm going to get all blurry face on you but like you know where we were just a little bit more carefree but i also think that this movie makes a case for nostalgia for a different america and bear with me on this in general i think i've seen this country become like more litigious and i've seen so many places beef up like so many safety measures I feel like this makes me nostalgic for a pre-super crazy litigious America.
1: To mom and dad's credit, they took us to all the theme parks. I think we were extremely fortunate in that regard, and we went so often. I knew all those parks, Knott's Berry Farm, Disneyland, Magic Mountain, like the back of my hand. I could run around with my eyes closed. Disneyland, I remember being safe where I wouldn't see mom and dad. We would check in every few hours. But I do remember saying at some point, this is the nice park or whatever. And Magic Mountain got super shady because they, do you know, there's metal detectors now at Magic Mountain. That's just that's for the, like, the kids who like bring knives and junk. It's dangerous. Yeah.
0: People were coming strapped to like Halloween horror nights and stuff
1: but I think what ultimately did parks like Knott's and Disneyland in is 9-11. Unfortunately all the safety measures came into place we became a much more paranoid society and, and businesses and corporations had to act accordingly. The happiest place on earth, part of that happiness is safety apparently or the illusion or the feeling of safety. So my point was, it's not just the jackass people that would see Class Action Park, because a lot of people are seeing it I think largely for the nostalgia but also because there longing for not just the era of freedom but the era of reckless freedom people were reckless and they're looking for the semblance of stability these tracks and these water slides and then looking to push those boundaries if you don't have those boundaries there's no point like you can do anything you want in a wide open parking lot But if you put yourself on a track where there are supposed to be rules that you know that you can push the boundaries of, it feels like you're testing your limits. And I think that's what Action Park provided. And I think this park was a product of its time and a product of its
0: guests. Like Action Park fit into the clientele in New Jersey and its surrounds. I mean, Vernon was a very quiet, sleepy town, but it serviced a wide swath of the state. I mean, it was in the 45-mile zone of New York City, right?
1: And it said that it brought some of the negative elements.
0: Criminal elements.
1: Yeah. They called them working class people, but they tended to be maybe a bit more rowdy or maybe a bit more willing to seek out places where there was less authority and more opportunity to cause havoc.
0: It was almost like Action Park was a place for people to go who were maybe a little less creative. Like, you can go to the local swimming hole and tie a rope to a tree and jump in. I mean, maybe not everybody has access to that.
1: Wasn't really stuff that we could have done in our environment in LA. It's not like we could like, let's go out into the woods and blow stuff up. I think Action Park was unique in that it gave you all this space and all this opportunity to act a damn fool.
0: Well, maybe you, maybe we didn't have woods, but you certainly found places to blow things up.
1: Oh, absolutely. When they were talking about 80s being the era of freedom and and not coming in until after 8 o'clock and skin knees and all that stuff, oh, yeah, I got really hurt, and I ran around on the rooftops and destroyed property and got hit by cars and all kinds of dumb stuff. So if I were in action You got point, hit by
0: a car? Yeah.
1: I was jumping my bike off the curb and went out into the street and got hit by a car. <laughs> and then Joey ran to the house and said, Wesley got hit by a car. And mom came charging out, holding her boobs.
0: Oh, this was in Hawthorne.
1: Yeah. And dragged me inside. And, and and I was crying and she put me in the shower and I had tire marks on my on my legs and stuff.
0: Oh, my God. But what made action Park so dangerous is that all this all these shenanigans were going on under the guise of safety. Right. That's the point that some people thought that they could do these things. Because it was safe. And maybe they were pushing the limits because they thought they could, because they thought it was safe.
1: And they were encouraged by a dude who was just like them, who happened to be older and wearing a suit, but just was like, I don't know, just I'm going to design this. The I want a slide that's going to have a loop on it. Dude, cannonball loop. Would you have done it? Yes. At a very specific stage in my life. Remember we talked about the nice guys and the ethos of Shane Black and joel silver and be like we're just gonna do some things and like i think that the new jersey came out in this movie pretty strong (laughs) and it's difficult to not be disparaging of that being from california it sounds so foreign to me but the guy was like yeah so i got this idea and we're gonna make this right right and we're gonna have the track and it's gonna be pvc it's gonna be great and then we're gonna have the ball and the ball's gonna have a ball in it and it's the ball in the ball with the guy in the ball and he's going to go down the track. Right. And it's just like they were doing whatever. They're like, yeah, no, the water. Everybody's got a water slide. Let's do it with the loop in it. Put the loop in it. What I say, put the loop in it. And that's just kind of how they operated. At least they put crash test dummies or, or mannequins down the stupid thing first so they could see, you know, so people don't die. But it was a pretty close thing. Everybody comes away from certain movies with certain horrific elements, and that's the thing that sticks out. Everybody knows what the hardest part about American History X is. Everybody remembers, oh, that's the movie with the thing, and for me... The thing in this movie was the teeth stuck in the thing where people were coming out with (sighs) lacerations and they couldn't figure out why. I don't know if that's true. It sounds pretty hairy because who would come out the other side and be missing teeth? Is it someone who doesn't want their $100 and would complain about it? So I'm not sure the veracity of that particular story, but it was horrifying enough to where these people forged ahead. They were like, we're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. And so i might have gotten up the guts i would have had to have been old enough to be daring that daring but not old enough to still be stupid but definitely if my friends had gone
0: yeah that's what i'm saying like i'm, I'm sure the same kind of peer pressure that was happening at the tarzan swing was happening everywhere including yes. the cannonball loop
1: yeah and if you don't if everybody goes and you don't go that just looks terrible
0: But the way that they set up Cannonball Loop was so terrifying. It was so terrifying, it was funny. The idea of staring down into a completely pitch black hole and shooting through this thing that you may or may not make it through. Like those enclosed water slides are pretty freaky. And and I think they've gotten freakier as I've gotten older. Like I didn't really think about it as much when I was a kid, but they're pretty freaky. Like if you have any claustrophobia in you, like those things are kind of terrifying. I had no concept of age limits and requirements or other regulations in this park. Like, were little kids allowed to run around? Were there height requirements for these different rides? Like,
1: It may have been embellished for dramatic effect, but the one guy said, who else would let a 6-year-old jump off a 20-foot cliff into an 18-foot pool? Um, I've jumped off a 20-foot cliff. I've done it three times, and each time I was scared out of my mind. When you're standing up there, it feels impossibly far down. And the first time, it hurt like crazy. So the idea of Did doing that your at arms six up? years old, yes. And I slapped my hands against the water, and it was salt water, so it was it was different than what they were dealing with, but my hand was stinging all day long. At six years old, there's no way I would have done it.
0: There are some kids who are pretty fearless. I, I mean, Paloma isn't exactly one of them. It just... <laughs> It's just, it's impossible to think about this park and not think about your own kids or kids in your life and how dangerous it would be. Even one of the subjects was like, if this was my kids, like, hell no.
1: Right. Because he knew all the stuff that went on behind the scenes. I guess you can also consider that this was supposedly the first water park. But the idea of not having a concept of what constitutes a safe water park, I mean, with the unstable Ooh. environment and the water and things. And I was then, about
0: to say. Water in and of itself is like really dangerous. Like I take the kids to the pool and it's constant vigilance. I've turned around for seconds and then found Paloma in the pool without her floaties. It's terrifying.
1: Yeah, and all those warning labels on the things say on kiddie pools say that kids can drown in 18 inches of water.
0: There's the water element, there's the this idea of there being sanction and safety. And there's also just the kid X factor element, like kids being crazy and feeling like not only can they push the limits, but they should. And that this is what this park is kind of intended for.
1: It's the same kids in American Animals or the same kids in Jackass, where if you give them an opportunity to do dumb stuff and they're super bored, they will do that stuff even if they have to invent it on their own. They're bored and they want to have fun. And I think someone said as a quote that this fills a void for people who are bored and looking for ways to act out.
0: Reckless and dumb. Is that a luxury of middle class America? Absolutely. Or like, is that is it just a luxury in general?
1: Yes, it is luxury and malaise. It is autonomy
0: because you're not bored if you're like working in the fields or like in the factory trying to chip in so that your family can survive. Right. right. Is that the idea?
1: But the idea of not having to provide for oneself and saying, well, what do we do, usually typically results, in, uh, in, a, in the case of America, in self-destructive behavior.
0: What do you think about Gene and his overall contemptuousness to the state of New Jersey and authority in general?
1: Yeah, he was a cowboy. Cowboys do whatever they want, and they naturally resist authority. The jackass guys are famous not because they did those things, because lots of us did those things. It's because they had the foresight to film them and to edit them and to release them. Gene Mulvihill did whatever he wanted to do. He just happened to have the means and the connections and the wherewithal and the guts and the lack of accountability, I guess, to do all that stuff. Who among us wouldn't want to establish a park where you're the coolest dude around? You're Uncle Gene and everybody loves you and you captain this horde of horny teenagers or whatever, or violent, self-destructive teenagers, except that we don't have the guts. It's just a certain kind of person who is willing to risk everything, right? The uh, the Larry Flints of the world, or- Yeah,
0: uh, the, I was gonna say like the Larry Flints or the Hugh Hefners, and they almost like all have Willy Wonka complexes.
1: Yeah, it's a good way to put it.
0: But he, I think at best, Gene Mulvihill had imagination and wherewithal, but at worst, he was dangerous dude.
1: Or he allowed for other, because he put himself in the authority position, and the, the position of responsibility, which he completely failed to fulfill, he gave everybody means to hurt themselves, right? He wasn't setting out to hurt people. He didn't relish in, in the idea of people being hurt or killed at his parks. It just, when it happened, he turned a blind eye because it was against his interests.
0: What I thought was funny was Andrew Mulvahill's total sanctioning of his dad's actions. I mean, maybe that interview was taken out of context, that interview from like 2013.
1: That was the business face. It was a promo video or an interview taken where he was promoting his acquiring and running of the park. And he definitely wanted people to come. It's the same wild and crazy time that you remember, but it's safer so no one will get hurt. Same experience, less hurt. I don't know how that's possible because the whole point, I think, was the idea of the danger and the possibility of getting hurt. They made a good point, I think, when they pointed out that amusement parks were meant to suggest or to give the illusion of danger while no one was getting hurt. In the case of Action Park, there was a real probability you were going to get hurt. But everybody wants to thrill. Their thrill rides for a reason. All the way down to Disneyland. It looks scarier than it is and he was definitely catering to the people who loved his dad's park which is why he he kept it action park
0: and that interview was the first real indication to me that the filmmakers weren't coming at this movie from a real place of like journalism or like <laughs> investigative storytelling like they had a story to tell it was entertaining and they kind of wanted to run with that and then all of the subjects the various park guests and employees kind of underscored that yeah they were freaks they're a little freaky right they were funny it just didn't make them feel credible it didn't make the film feel credible it made the film feel like they really wanted to lean into the fun and the wackiness of this kind of like those kinds of shows you see the toys that made us where it's all about fun and style as opposed to really revealing anything kind of...
1: Investigative.
0: Yeah, I, yeah it's, not, it's not... I think the primary thrust of this film was, let's be fun and wacky, and it's appropriate for the subject, the overall subject of Action Park as a place and as a time, as capturing an era. But ultimately, I think it falls short of communicating something meaningful. There was, like, little or no commentary on the fact that Gene Mulvihill had faked insurance from the Cayman Islands or blatantly refused to pay out settlements for people who actually endured real damages. Like, you're remiss as a filmmaker to not point out how dangerous, how bad these things are.
1: I kept on thinking of Batman and Jack Nicholson's Joker saying to Vicky Vale after he shot Bruce Wayne, uh, spoiler, You can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. We are now in an age when anybody, when a kid, if a kid comes home with two scraped knees and a scraped elbow, the parents could scream lawsuit. What happened at the school? Who's being irresponsible that you got injured? Whereas when we were kids, that was just par for the course. We went from a society where we were all doing dumb things and having fun and acting out to watching the jackass guys do dumb things. And the reason that those were successful and funny is because of nostalgia, A. And B, because whenever they would perform those stunts, they did so willingly and always cackling and laughing and with a smile on their face when people got hurt it was hilarious and so jackass is funny and all fun and games until someone dies. We've had one jackass member die, and he was definitely doing dumb things, but he didn't die on camera. So it became a sad coda to those movies in particular. But in the interest of objective, balanced storytelling, when Class Action Park came to talk about poor Georgie and his death in July of 1980, the movie came to a screeching halt for me. And I thought, well, that's sad. And can we get back to the fun? Because that was cool and this is not cool. Like, everybody laughed, I think, when Georgie's mother appeared for the first time on camera when presumably one of the producers asked her, how do you feel about Gene Melville? And she said, I think he's an asshole. And you, ha ha ha. But she's saying he's an asshole because she views him as being directly responsible for the death of her son. And so her quote taken out of context was funny because everyone loves Gene. Everybody loves Gene. And the stodgy old lady. He's like he is an asshole, and so later on, when we get into the situation of Georgie's death and his family, and we, they went into so much detail about the blood-soaked sheets and scanning for brainwaves. How and it, he
0: was supposed to be born on Christmas Day, but ended up being 12:05 uh, or whatever. That seemed. I felt like they didn't know how to manage Georgie's story, and they botched it up pretty badly
1: and then brought the movie to a screeching halt. It wasn't fun anymore. They spent a lot of time building up how cool it was, again, to be born in the 80s, but it never regained that joy of, that voyeuristic joy of being able to be like, look at that's crazy. I've been on water slides, for sure everyone has, but nothing like that that shoots you out of the thing, or the the 20 foot cliff that you jump off when you're six years old, and all the ridiculousness that made Class Action Park fun, which I think it undoubtedly was intended to be. This wasn't going to be a heartbreaking documentary. It wasn't the thrust. And so when they changed tone, I think in the interest of objective storytelling, it really hurt it for me. And again, not to discount that poor boy's death or his family who has to survive and remember him. I don't know that it was based on that short film, but a lot of the participants of this movie, The Subjects, uh, appeared in a 2013 short film about... Action Park. The difference between the two being is that the guy was like, yeah, and on the kayak experience, uh, because of ungrounded electrical wires, one kid got electrocuted. And you're like, whoa. And then in Class Action Park, you know, seven years later, the full sentence is someone got into a kayak and made contact with the fan underwater that simulates the current and was electrocuted to death. And it's a completely different tone because being electrocuted is funny. When you get electrocuted to death, it just takes on a different tone that doesn't quite work. Additionally, as long as we're getting into the filmmaking aspect of this movie, I feel like the footage that they got from Action Park we heard a lot of horrific stories yep. and didn't see any of the horrific stories. They had only so much footage because it was a different time where you couldn't film yourself doing dumb stuff because you had one little cassette in your recorder that couldn't get anywhere near water. And if the person was going to hold that camera, they were responsible for it and couldn't partake in any of the fun. So they were standing on the sidelines. So the footage they got was limited in its conveyance of how dangerous and cool it yeah, was. they didn't
0: have a ton of archival and the archival they did have was all fun and sometimes they used that ironically but mostly they used it to just show the scale and scope of this really fun kind of almost larger than life park but they had so many other devices they could use they employed narration original animation like they had the filmmaking tools at their disposal to have told a more balanced a more truthful and therefore a more impactful story about this park. I think that it was right to include Georgie's story to get the full picture on this park, but the way they did it came out of left field. Like it didn't, it could have been impactful. Instead, it was really awkward. And though sad, it felt like a buzzkill.
1: A buzzkill is exactly the word in my head. You know why? Because Class Action Park comes across as a fun movie. It's fun and nostalgic and nobody wants to see the death and destruction. The fact that it happens only serves, in my humble opinion, and in the memories of the people who actually attended Action Park to heighten the drama and the danger, the prospect of getting hurt, which only made everything more fun which is why the Jackass movies are fun, which is why this movie is fun, and I guess for that reason can't be considered a serious documentary.
0: So Class Action Park is a nonfiction comedy and not (laughs) really a documentary. I feel that Class Action Park, with the right filmmaking team, could have been a 360 look at what was more than just a water park, and yet it fell short. As fun as it was and as much nostalgia as it conjured up for me was a boring movie.
1: You are well in the minority because Rotten Tomatoes has this movie up there in the 90s. And I think that you understand from a documentary filmmaking perspective what this movie could have been. I'm not sure who's looking for that. Uh, People love this movie, at least the people who have seen it. I don't think it's going to be in contention for the best documentary feature of the year at any of the award ceremonies. That said, I had fun watching Class Action Park. I, I guarantee that any people who would watch it again, would skip right over the Georgie Death stuff, and would like a glimpse into what was a crazier, wilder time. The Wild West of New Jersey in the 1980s. And things that people loved, and freedoms that we can no longer enjoy, put on film to bring up that nostalgia. I would definitely put it over the line, so for me this is definitely an all-right movie. It just was kind of a buzzkill. And I viewed it those parts critically for different reasons, I think, than you did, in that I thought the death stuff actually made it more rounded in a way that I didn't want. The point of going to amusement parks was never to take life lessons. It was to escape your <laughs> troubles. Uh, this, this park just happened to generate maybe more troubles from, for some people than it did for other people. But those people are wusses. I disagree that it wasn't the ride that killed Georgie, but rather the rock that he hit his head on. But that's not to say that Georgie wasn't doing dumb, reckless things. The only noteworthy distinction for Action Park is those rides and Gene Mulvihill enabled him to do dumb things under the guise of safety and responsibility.
0: And look, you know, the kids, the parents to a certain extent, are all complicit, right? They wanted this as much as as Gene did. And there is a certain amount of responsibility that each individual has going to that park or letting their kid going to that park. I mean, it sounded like from one of the subject's testimonies that parents even felt peer pressured into letting their kids go to Action Park, perhaps even against their better judgment.
1: By and large, people die because they're stupid. Don't be stupid. That's not the point. That's too concise the point for that, the point that I had. This park just afforded people an opportunity to be stupid, and people got hurt as a result.
0: <laughs> the idea that this is supposed to be safe and it wasn't was a promise broken between the operators and the patrons. They were negligent at best. They were dangerous at worst, and people died. So I don't know. It feels too cavalier, too risky and dangerous to sanction this movie with a good rating.
1: Everybody should be responsible for their own safety. But the whole point that Gene Mulville was saying was that you make your own adventure, right? You are responsible for how fast you go, for how high you fly and for everything, except when it comes to the guy in the ball inside the ball. Like, how do you control that experience?
0: I really wish they had more or they illustrated the ball with the guy in the ball with the ball with animation because they teased it just enough to pique your interest. And then they were like, moving on. He
1: landed in the swamp.
0: (laughs) So there you have it. An all right from Wes, a boring from Iris. That's our review on Mac's original documentary film, Class Action Park. Let us know what you think. Give us a call, 818 835 0473. Hit us up on email or whatever movies at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at or whatever movies. And please subscribe to our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Electric acid.